Welcome to Basketball on Figaro, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Edwin Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. Dime, are you ready to witness? Are you ready to witness the Lakers winning title number 18? Let me know. Are you ready? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not, but... Uh, I'm not really quite confident it's going to be Clippers banner number one either. So yeah, I'm excited we'll though. That a little bit. Yeah, episode one. Let's get it. Preview for the season. You guys will be listening to this on opening day. Hopefully, it is a big one. We're finally here. Rematch. Lakers Nuggets. That's right. Lakers Nuggets. Uh, they, you know, the NBA does a good job. You know, I know you're not a, the biggest fan of narratives. Not, neither am I really. You know, I'm more about let, let, let's just keep it on the court. But again, just like anything else, like narratives and personality, that plays a role, right? Why do we like Lakers Celtics? They hated each other. And that that factored into the intensity and the demand. And the NBA knows this, you know, TNT, they know drama, right? And they know what they're doing. You know, the, the Nuggets have been going around like 96 Pac bragging about this championship, you know, the Lakers, Lakers daddy, all this other stuff. And they try to act like, oh, what are you talking about? We, we won. It's cool. And I'm like, okay, it's cool. Just next time I see you, don't act like you haven't been talking. You know, that's all I'm saying. Respect to the Nuggets. They want it straight up. No complaints, no, nothing. It's all good. Respect. But, you know, you, you were talking kind of crazy. And, you know, the season's going to start now. It's 0-0 zero, zero now. So let, let's see. You know, as, as Michael Jeffrey Jordan once said, it's easy to talk when you're up. Let's see how you talk when it's 0-0. Zero, zero, you know, like it's easy to talk when, you know, you want it already. Okay, cool. Let's see what happens. So I'm excited. I'm ready to witness it. Obviously, you're on a different side, and that's why this podcast is so awesome because we're both coming from different perspectives and, you know, watching what's happening and both knowledgeable on the sport, on the game. So I want to start with this question that I really like, you know, bringing it down to the basics. So we're entering the season. It is 0-0 zero, zero for everybody. We don't know what's going to happen. Different teams have different odds, but ultimately we start at the same spot at nothing, right? So um, how are you feeling going into this Clipper season? I want you to talk about it more later, but just for right now, can you give me three words to describe the Clipper season? Nothing else, just three. You can use the word and, that's fine. But other than that, just give me three words to describe the Clipper season and how you feel about it right now. I expect nothing. <laughs> that's beautiful. I'm going to go with um, for myself. Nervous, excited, interested. <laughs> now, what's interesting about how you did it, Dime, I've asked this, this kind of question to different athletes in different moments. I think it's, it really helps you get break it down to just like the raw emotion. You're the first person. I've asked this question to, I don't know, about half a dozen people, you know, throughout the years. You're the first person to actually create a sentence. Usually they just go with the emotions and wrap it up. You're the first one to be like, I'm going to just put a sentence here. I expect nothing. So uh, what do you mean by that? I expect nothing. I think it's self-explanatory, but break it down for me. Well, after last season, I kind of came to the conclusion that I don't trust Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to stay healthy for the duration of a season and a postseason. So I was team blow it up. Let's go a different direction because I've lost belief in this this summer. But because the franchise did, clearly didn't do that. They said, okay, let's run it back. I've kind of had to get myself to buy in again, like believe, oh, can't are the Clippers going to do it? Here's the thing. Last season, I really thought we could do it. This season, I am very pessimistic that we could actually win the championship, but not because of our team. I actually think our team is much better 
right now than it was at this moment last year. Absolutely mm-hmm. better, more balanced. We have Westbrook now instead of Reggie Jackson. Terrence Mann is starting instead of Morris. But I am less confident a year later that Paul George and Kawhi could stay healthy after what we saw last season. So that's why I'm saying I expect nothing. And last season was such a nightmare, such a disaster. I don't want to say can it get worse because the Clipper fan, it always <laughs> somehow does get worse. But I don't think in recent times, it seems like one bad Clipper season is followed by a good one. You know, when I lose the expectations, when I lose belief, that's when the Clippers come. So maybe this season where so many people are counting us out, and you might have to agree, right, from a national perspective, people aren't really talking about the Clippers as real contenders this year because of the health of Kawhi and Paul. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think people are talking about them. I don't hear them brought up as a dark horse or a sneaky pick. Uh, Vegas has them pretty high. I think they have them like seventh. So, and you know, Vegas pretty much knows what they're talking about. So having them seventh, um, Darvin Ham went out to say, um, yeah, I think yesterday that there are about eight teams that are contenders that he thinks he can win it all. Right. And obviously he said the Lakers are the top one because he's the coach of the Lakers and all that. But he did say there's about eight that he feels have a legitimate chance that would that would put the Clippers in that mix. And, and I have to agree with him. I think when you look at just the straight up basketball teams, well coached, the team has depth. They have two stop top players. They have great players in great positions like Russ. And yeah, and, they, and they're going to have, like you said, they're not going to have the bright lights. They're not going to have the spotlight. They don't have the national TV games as much. And that kind of does work to the advantage. Just be low key win 45 to 50 games and let's see what happens you know hopefully like you said stay lucky with health and who's to say things don't don't go your way and you could you can make another run so i feel i feel like you're right about that they're being ignored and that might actually be to their advantage so for my my words i picked i should have wrote them down because i kind of forgot them. i know one was a excited so I'm excited because either way, I'm excited. If they're good, I'm not going to be as excited because obviously I'm not rooting for them, but I'll be like, oh, okay, another dangerous team. And I like watching good basketball. And, you know, so, some of my favorite games were those like Clipper Warriors back when Kawhi just got there. Those, some of those regular season games were like top tier. So I do like watching good basketball. When the Clippers are are cooking against like Phoenix, it's going to be entertaining. I'm going to watch those kind of games if we're getting everyone, you know, like you said, healthy and ready. So I'm excited because we might get some good basketball that, that might be more of a vested interest for me. Um I'm nervous because I don't want them to be good. And I'm afraid they might be better than people think. And the two teams I don't want to ever win are the Celtics and the Clippers. And the gap's huge. Like the Celtics, like times 10. I would rather the Clippers win three in a row than the Celtics to ever win again. Like I'll I'll, I'll sign up for, I think there's, there's no number I wouldn't sign up for Clippers uh, rings versus Celtics. I, it'd take a lot for me to, you know, pick a Celtic ring ever. Um, but the Clippers are number two, even if it's a distant number two. So I'm nervous because I'm like, mm, they, they might be, you know, they might be a dangerous team here. And I think the last word I used was um, intrigued because I want to see it. I think they're better than people are giving them credit for. I think they're a dark horse. I want to see if, you know, they come out, you know, seven and three, eight and two to start. I'll be like, oh, okay. That's kind of more of what I thought they were at versus what, you know, the national media coverage is suggesting. So that that's why I'm intrigued. I want to see, okay, right now we know they're healthy. They're perfectly fine. What do they look like in the beginning? How are, how are they playing there? So that's what I'm interested in. Now, now for the same, you know, experiment, but with the Lakers, three words. I want to hear from you again, Dime. Give me just three words to describe your anticipation, expectations, whatever, of the Lakers season. Stacked is one. I really think the team is just loaded. One, maybe the deepest team in the NBA. Revenge. I think that's, it seems like the Lakers' whole kind of talk is about beating Denver. It's kind of like the road runs through Denver. So when I say revenge, I'd say it's like that. 
And then health. Just like mm. for the Clippers, it's all about LeBron and Anthony Davis's health, particularly in the regular season for me, Anthony Davis, because of his defense. He literally just changes the entire team. Like it's it's crazy these impact that he makes and what the Lakers look like defensively without him to me. It's just night and day kind of team. Uh, and you know what's interesting is going into this season, I know part of it's because the Lakers made more moves than the Clippers, bringing in Gabe Vincent, bringing in Torian Prince, bringing in Cam Reddish, Christian Wood, but and re-signing certain guys. But it seems like you guys are getting the benefit of, I think the Lakers are just going to be healthy and the Clippers are not kind of thing, even though if you combine LeBron James and Anthony Davis's games last season, the regular season, and then Kawhi and Paul's, Lakers duo only beats the Clippers by three games. It's just mm -hmm. that you guys were healthy the whole playoffs and we weren't. I think that's given everybody the sense that the Lakers can be healthy. I don't think the Clippers can be healthy. So right, that no, was my three yeah. words for the Lakers. Okay, great. I got my three. Ready? Best. And now. So I'm picking ready because I think we're all ready. All uh, all Laker fans are so excited. They want to see the team play. We're ready to go. We're we're so pumped for this season. We think everything looks so good on paper. So we're ready to see them play. And then best because we think this is going to be the team at their best. This might be the best roster the Lakers have put together with LeBron AD. The 2021 won, and they were really stacked. So maybe that's the better one. But right now this feels like, oh, first time in like three years, we feel like we're going in good. Even the little things we're arguing about, it's like, should Vanderbilt start or Torian Prince? And either way, you kind of feel good either way. So you're like, well, it's not a big deal. Compared to before, it was such a puzzle with Russ. And can it work? Does it fit? We don't look good in preseason. He comes back. It's it's all trade rumors. Is it going to happen? There's just like a lot of tension, a lot of negativity. You were excited as a fan, but you were still like, I'm excited. But the minute I mention I'm excited, <laughs> the counter someone gives is all the problems we have. And I don't have a good answer, right? So this year, it's more about it feels like it's the best. And I'll say now. Because the time is now to win. The Celtics are knocking on the door. If the Lakers want 18 and want to get the advantage, they got to do it now. That Celtics team's coming. They're right there. They were they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. We were in the Western Conference Finals. It's a dangerous time. And I also want to use the word now for Anthony Davis. Everyone keeps saying, when's he going to be the leader? He's the best player. He's the best player. Now, show me. Make it beyond the shadow of a doubt. Because I feel like I can still make an argument to LeBron. Make it so I can't make that argument anymore. Take control. Be the vocal leader. Be the team's best defensive player, which he has been. Be the be the team's top offensive threat. Dominate. Be the first player to unequivocally be the leader on a LeBron James team. Show me that because LeBron can talk about it. The coaches can talk about it, but at the end of the day, there's the eye test. There's the, the reality, and you you don't you don't get you don't get crowned the captain by everyone saying it. You do it by demonstrating it, and then everyone's saying it. So I've heard the talk. I've heard the chatter. I want to see it from AD. I definitely think it's possible for him. And I also think even if it doesn't happen, that's okay. You can be Paul Gasol forever. That's not a bad thing. He won two rings with Kobe. That worked out. It's all right. But if he really wants to be the guy, that means something in this city. That means something on this organization. You got to go out there and do it. So the time is now. I want to see AD do it. If he doesn't do it this year, then that means he'll always need that guy. Or maybe he just needs LeBron to leave, and then he can have a younger guard where he will be the guy. But if he's ever going to do it with LeBron on the team, the time is now. Yeah, well, I think I echo your sentiments, especially for the regular season. But don't don't you think AD was the best player for the Lakers in the playoffs last year? I think he was the best player, but he wasn't the leader. Okay, but do yeah, you think he, he think he'll ever be the leader with LeBron though? Because LeBron is just like you know he's one of the great leaders the game has ever seen. You know he's such a vocal guy, he's such a you know 
kind of tries to get the team spirit well kind of guy. He loves to talk. So do you think that AD will ever be that kind of guy? And can he be that with LeBron? And do you need him to be the vocal guy? You don't need him to be because they proved it in 2019, 2020. You don't need him to be. Right. I think he can still be – it doesn't have to be vocal. If he's not vocal, then his action has to override right. my body language. Kind of like Tim Duncan, right? Yeah. Tim Duncan wasn't the most talkative, but everyone knew he was the guy. Why? Because he's dropping 20, giving you like 12 – rebounds, seven assists. He's dominating on the court. So if AD is going to be quiet, okay, kind of like Derrick Rose, then you have to overperform to still be the leader. And th that's what D. Rose did during his his uh, young years uh, with the um, the Bulls, right? Joe Kim Noah was way more of a vocal leader. But right. you know what? Joe Kim Noah wasn't like jumping out the gym, getting MVP awards. So that's why D, D. Rose was still the boss and everyone said he was. And then his, his play was overwhelmingly above. So I feel like, okay, if you're going to be quieter, that's cool. Because, you know, LeBron is also an alpha. That's fine. There's two stars. It, it's cool. But then you're going to have to outperform that. Just like the Steph-KD debate. You can argue KD was a better player. You could not argue Steph wasn't the leader, right? And that still works. So there, there's a little bit of balance there. But if he wants all of it and it sounds like he does and it sounds like the team does, then you're going to need to do a little bit more for it to have all of those things. And so far, again, it's preseason, it's training camp. Everything's beautiful. Everyone's in the best shape of their life, all that stuff. But if you're going to really do it this year, then I'm going to need to see more so you could be all those things. But he doesn't necessarily have to be. They've proven that, you know, they've won without him being all that. So I'm curious to see how these first, you know, couple weeks go. And if I feel like there's been a shift in you know that attitude and mentality from or if it's going to be more of the same and that was just kind of training camp preseason talk which you know wouldn't surprise me either um speaking of preseason and training camp um i want to know what you've learned about your team with training camp with preseason from has your opinion changed much from before the media day and now with the clippers yeah, it actually has i'm i'm actually starting to get a little more optimistic which is dangerous when it comes to the clippers but <laughs> The vibes, I know this is something that the Clipper fans that want James Harden have been clowning, but the vibes seem so good. Last season, it was this focus from the Clippers in training camp. At least they were trying to seem focused. They clearly were not when the season started, mm -hmm. but also Kawhi having a setback and missing 19 of the first 24 games. That's just something that we didn't expect, right? That's something that totally hindered the start of our season last year. Now, right. it seems like because everyone's counting us out, we don't have that same pressure of, yeah, Kawhi's back. We have this stacked roster. Like, we're coming. Now, there's every team kind of upgraded in the West. Like, the Lakers got better. The Suns added a third star. Denver has shown that they are not to be questioned ever again. They, they didn't get better, though. They didn't they get didn't better. Have, they didn't get better, but... But they're the best, so... And their players are all in their prime. And you know what I'm saying? They're, they're key players. And then Christian Brown and MPJ are getting better. So... They have that prime roster. The point is, Denver is not a team that no anyone's going to question anymore. Now, right. everyone knows they're legit. So you have teams that got better. People aren't talking about the Clippers. You have a full training camp. And it's funny, you just talk about vocal leadership on your side. We had none of that. We don't have a LeBron. And that's why I think Westbrook's presence is so much more needed on this side. Because you already have a guy that is a galvanizer, a vocal leader, a guy that runs the locker room in LeBron. We have two guys that lead by example when they lead. Kawhi is more of like a – he just has this presence about him when he plays. It's like mm -hmm. he, he demands respect because of his championships. He played with San Antonio. He's all business. Paul George, it depends what kind of Paul George you get. I think he's a people's person. Like he's a guy that everybody likes. But I think if he does any leadership stuff, it's more behind the scenes. But we needed a vocal leader. Terrence Mann was talking about it on the podcast with Theo Pinson, and he was – 
they were just talking about celebrating and how Terrence tr talks trash, but he was saying, my team is quiet. So we need someone to talk. And I think that was a good reference to the fact that Westbrook was needed. We needed a vocal guy. We needed someone that's going to make everyone smile. And, you know, on Monday I was watching Russ talk to the media and this guy is all smiles. Like he is so happy to be a Clipper and to be everything that I guess he didn't get with you guys. We really needed him. And having that kind of fun in the locker room with Bones Highland as well, it just seems <laughs> like the vibes are better. And right. so, and then the, the main reason why I'm a little more optimistic is because of Ty Lu, right? He said, we need to take the regular season more seriously, right? That's what he kept saying. He said it on all the smoke. He said it when he was interviewed in Summer League. He's kept on saying that. But the first step is him taking things more seriously by playing lineups with the sense of, I want to try this out because I want this to work in the playoffs, not, oh, let me take 40 games to figure out what works. No, we got to come out and try to win and prioritize winning right away. And him putting Terrence Mann in the starting lineup and Marcus Morris seemingly being on the outs of the rotation is exactly what we were calling for last year. And that's a step to make me think that Ty Lue is back to being that one of the best coaches in the NBA, like you mentioned, that we saw his first two years as Clipper coach. Because last season, it was a bad season for Ty Lue. And coaches can have bad seasons too. But this season, I think he's going to redeem himself and make the most out of what we have. I think the rest is up to the health. I think we can be really good. Yeah, I, I my opinion didn't really change on the Clippers from preseason to now. I've watched a little bit of preseason action. And, you know, I saw the same uh, podcast, All the Smoke Ones. And uh, the couple clips, I saw the one you mentioned about that we needed a leader and, and that kind of thing. That's why the Russ fit kind of did work. It didn't work right away. It was a little rough to start, uh, which which was entertaining to, to watch. But, but it ultimately did work. He did ball out uh, at, to end the season. And he did ball out in the playoffs when it mattered. He was giving you, – you could not be – you could not have asked for more from Russ no. uh, from that that last like 10 games and then the playoffs. You're like, OK, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing else you could have done. You, you're, you're doing an amazing job. So and like you said, the vibes seem good. Everything seems positive and they seem more focused. So, yeah, for me, they didn't change at all because I already kind of thought of them where I I think I was just I've just been higher on the Clippers, actually, surprisingly, compared to most people. So I, I didn't get higher or lower. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of the same spot. And of course, the injuries will always be like the question. If one of those happens then that adjust but until then i'm like yeah they're they're probably in my opinion they're probably a four uh top four top five team in the west barring injury and then if injuries happen then it's a matter of let's see how they react to it who is it how bad is it all that fun stuff that we don't want to deal with at all uh because that's part of winning a title right i would say it you need two things you need skill you need luck luck can be the reps on your side uh, a call going your way um Kawhi is like bounce five bounces on the rim and it goes in like luck is a lot of different things and luck is also injuries no one's trying to get hurt yeah you know like sometimes it just happens right like someone falls on lebron's leg and now he's out and we're in the, we're in a plane just because of that right like it, it's so random so you need the luck as well denver they were healthy right they didn't have yeah. anything going on so you know if something happens you know not not wishing if something happens to jamal murray that that changes everything right nothing did thank goodness they were healthy they got lucky in that respect and they took advantage of that so to win, you, you got to be good. You got to be lucky. And so far, it looks like uh, the Clippers are at least good enough to be on the outside looking in that conversation. And again, like you said, take the, take the regular season seriously, win some games. Then it doesn't matter if you're in the conversation. The standings are going to say you're, you're number two, you're number three. And then, hey, home court advantage in the first round. Let's see what happens. So, yeah, uh, for the Lakers, obviously with the Lakers, I'm locked in. And I think my opinion did go up. It, it improved. 
I'm still scared that Delo's going to turn on me at any moment, <laughs> but he really came in with the right attitude. I'm, I'm really happy that Rob Polink and the Lakers did not, they learned from their mistakes. Like you mentioned that, Oh, you can have mistakes. GMs can have bad years. Coaches can have bad years. They did such an overreaction to losing to the Suns when really when they lost to the Suns a couple years ago, again, it was the injuries. AD got hurt. They were up to one. I think they would have won the series. I know you've talked about, ah, you're not so sure, but either way, the point is they were up to one and they got hurt and they lost the series. And I'm thinking, what if, and everyone else was thinking, Dennis was so bad. Caruso didn't score enough. Kuzma, get him out of here. And that's how you make an overreaction like the Russ trade. You gave up all your debt for a player that had the good name and the star power, but just didn't match the team. But you didn't care because you just wanted someone who wouldn't give you zero points in the first half of a closeout game, which is what happened to Dennis. But that was just a bad game. I'm so glad this time with D'Lo had similar struggles. He had to be benched in that final game. He just he just had a horrible series against the Nuggets. And instead of throwing them away and saying, oh, forget it, you know, you, you, were, you were so trash there, they said, no, we're going to bring you back. We still think there's value there. You were good for most of the season. He was great in the Warriors series. He was part of the team that, you know, had that big reconstruction and, and led them to the Western Conference Finals. So they were right there knocking on the door, even though they didn't win a game. You know, they, you know, you know, we talked about it before. Those games were close. We're right there. We're in the last four teams. Why blow that up? Why throw that away? So I'm glad they did not do that. They kept him. And I'm glad he's been so much better on defense, at least in the preseason. He's talked about how he's being more focused, about how he wants to redeem himself from what's happening. So far, he's backed it up on preseason. He even mentioned he wasn't taking preseason as preseason that he was treating it like a tune-up for the regular season legitimately. And he even said, he's like, I don't know how everyone else is treating it, but that's the attitude. He was taking Chris Paul full court in a preseason game. He was guarding him full court. He got a, he got a couple steals on him. It was like, okay, he's really like, you know, I don't know if he's going to walk the walk 82, but he's walking it tonight. And this is a random, you know, <laughs> you're going to be gone in the third quarter game. And he, he was right there locked in. So I think all of Lakers Nation has been really happy with uh, the performance he was giving. That impressed me. And I really like all the the additions they've had. Jackson Hayes, he's I think he was he shot like eighty three percent or something. He knows his role. His role is to run to the rim, dunk the ball, don't take any other shots. He's doing that well. Rui's been a bucket. Torian Prince was someone I wanted to be a starter right away. I said it in like one of my videos as soon as like um, you know right before preseason started. Everyone was like Torian Prince. He's he'll be lucky to make the rotation. And lo and behold, guess who's his fifth starter this year? For the opening night, it's going to be Torian Prince. He's still fighting with Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt's injured. Maybe he would have been on the bench, but he's starting game one, and I thought I thought he should be the starter. I think you want that defense, and you bring Rui in for offense, you know, coming off the bench. Great player to have on the bench. You're down four, and you're, the team's been lackadaisical. You bring in Rui, let him cook. Maybe you guys go on an eight-two run. You regain the lead. You gain some momentum. So I really like that, that um, the synergy and the chemistry of the roster so far. I think things have been pretty good. Um in terms of the Lakers, how are you feeling about them? How much did you watch? How do you feel about them now versus, you know, before uh, media day and preseason started? Oh, I don't watch any preseason uh, unless I have to. Uh, <laughs> anti-preseason everything. But as far as the Laker roster, uh, I think Torian Prince is going to be the fifth starter because I think what we saw with Jared Vanderbilt last year in the playoffs was as decent as his defense was, as good as it was, him had a real problem with the fact that he couldn't be guarded and he didn't shoot the ball with any confidence. You know, teams would leave him wide open with Torian Prince. I'm actually kind of surprised that he hasn't had a more relevant role on like a good team because wait, were you saying Rui about the shooting? No, Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, okay. Rui I just heard you say, I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. I'm Jared, glad we did that. Was great. If I said yeah, Rui Hachimura, yeah. I made a huge mistake. Rui Hachimura yeah. is going to be one of the best bench players 
in the league this year. If you can see, yeah, I misheard you. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> so Torian Prince is a guy who I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't had a bigger role on more relevant teams because last season he shot the ball really well from three, especially in the later half of the season. I remember watching the playing game against you. Where is it? Just, I may be misremembering, but wasn't he going off? Like, was he hitting like every three? Yeah, yeah, he was. Then, I'm, I'll pull it up right now. And then he played well against OKC when they blew them out in that playing game that got him into the playoffs. So, and he still gives you good defense. That's the thing. Like, Vando mm-hmm. might be a better defender, but I think just the two way play of Prince might make him a better player. But I think it, it does make him a better player in Ham's eyes. So he's going to start. And you have a really good bench when it comes to Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura, Vanderbilt, and Christian Wood. Those four guys have all been pretty relevant parts of the Lakers either last season or, in Gabe Vincent's case, Miami Heat. The only one of those players that hasn't really played relevant, important basketball yet is Christian Wood, who's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers are going to do when it comes to, are you going to play Wood and Jackson Hayes together off the bench with Vando? That sounds a little clunky. I know you're going to, Ham likes to stagger LeBron and AD, right? Is that what we're going to see throughout the course of the season? So you'll still have a lot of options. And then Reeves, I think one of the big keys for the Lakers this season is to take that next step. I think it really comes down to LeBron and AD closing games, but mainly AD going back to what you said in the, in the beginning, the one thing about AD that's really declined since the bubble to me is his straight-up one-on-one scoring. Like, throw the ball to you, go get a bucket. He's great on the rim roll, great roller in general, lob threat, putbacks, yeah. getting scrappy points. But what you saw is he couldn't really score on Jokic in isolation, and that's kind of a problem. And I think it's mainly because his mid-range and his jump shot has really fallen off since the bubble, which I'm not particularly sure why. I know Ham is encouraging him to shoot threes. I particularly don't care for the AD3s. If he can make them, good for him. But I don't think that he needs to make them to be amazing. But the mid-range game would be really nice if he get that back, right? Because late in games, paint is packed. You don't want to rely on 21, 21st-year LeBron to close out these games anymore. You know, it's a good option to have. But you want Anthony Davis to be that guy that's unstoppable. He was amazing defensively in the playoffs, but I wouldn't put him in the unstoppable category to the point where I'm confident that he could be the number one on a championship team, which he kind of needs to be now to me. Because even though LeBron had the foot injury, you're still – if LeBron's going to try hard on defense like he did in the playoffs, he can't just do all the things he used to do. He's yeah, a human being at the end of the day. And But the main key, I think, besides that, what I just said, is that your star's closing, is not even the depth. The depth is going to be good. And D'Lo have a good – Postseason at the highest level, meaning conference finals or further. And how big of a leap is a leap is Austin Reeves going to take? Is Austin Reeves going to be the third best player on the team now instead of D'Lo? Because it, it looks like it's trending in that direction. So no, he will be. He will be the third best player. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's an indictment on D'Lo. I think that's a compliment to how good Reeves is going to be. I think D'Lo can have his second best year next to his Brooklyn Nets season, maybe even as good as that. And I think Reeves will still. Have a better year. Reeves is gonna his numbers are gonna just be ridiculous. Like it's because again, remember, um, people remember Reeves or think of Reeves like, oh, he was in Team USA cooking, he was doing great in the playoffs. He didn't become a bona fide starter for the Lakers until the third quarter of the season. He was on the bench getting like 12, 15 minutes. He never got really DMPs, but he there were some nights he barely he played like 12 minutes and he looked good, but he wasn't getting that many shifts. It wasn't until late in the season that 
Ham was finally like, okay, we're putting in the starter minutes. You're getting that. This is going to be his first year where he's actually going to get like starter minutes, 25, 28, 30 minutes. He's going to just, and his confidence is through the roof at this point. He's gotten so much better too. I think people kind of forget that. Like he's, he's learned how to dribble better. You know, he, he's learned how to protect the ball better. He, he's more aggressive with his shot. You know, he talked, he talked um, a couple of days ago about, that game one against the Memphis Grizzlies was a big moment for him because he got so much confidence because LeBron was pushing him to like take the shot, take the shot, you know, get aggressive, go downhill. And then he started to, then he started to cook. He started to score. And he's like, oh, I can do this. I can play at this level. Like they're telling me to do it. I'm doing it. Like I got it. He's got a confidence now that's just through the roof. And he's gonna have the whole season now with that. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna absolutely dominate. But you're right, Anthony Davis still has to be the number one guy with LeBron being two in terms of production. I think the reason why the three-point shot is a little bit more important is if he has that, then he becomes just a God. He's just, he's just, it's just too much because yeah. at that point there's not, it's over. There's nothing you can do because his mid range is solid. Like you said, it's not as good as it's been. His, his uh, at the rim is just monstrous. So if he's got the rim and he's got the three, there's, that's it. There's nothing you're going to do. And that's why they, that's one of the reasons they won the championship in 20, in 19, in 2020. He was just so good from the three. He doesn't have to be that good. He just has to be, at league average, if you can get 34, 36% from three, that's all you need. And I think Ham is encouraging them for a couple reasons. One, that can unlock that. Two, you have to keep defensive honest. And three, they're now, uh, Ham said they're going from a four out, one in motion offense to a five out. And if we're going to have the five out, you're going to be on the perimeter more. And the defense has to fear you taking the shot. If they're like, you know what, AD, take it. I'm not leaving the paint because I don't believe you're going to make it. Then that's, as you know, that's killing the purpose of spreading it out is to create spacing and options. If you're not, that's one of the problems with Ray John Rondo. Even if he hit the shot, the problem was the defense was like, sure, hit it. Okay, you made it? Cool. I'm still not going to go out there. So the paint is still clogged because they're just like, you know what? If you hit five threes, I guess we're going to lose the game, but I'm going to stay in the paint. I'm going to get the rebounds. I don't believe in you. The defense has to fear that from AD. That spreads it out. That gives them options. The same thing with you mentioning him, you know, going one-on-one. You can go one-on-one easier if they're not clogging the paint and they're not, and Jokic can't guide you to certain spots at the nail because there's a defender waiting and it's getting, getting, you know, too clogged up there and you're ending up in, you know, two-on-one scenarios. That doesn't happen when you shoot better and teams feel like they can't sag off this guy, can't sag off that guy. That's what uh, Ham also mentioned. Now they got more shooters. They got some, you know, they got Gabe, they got uh, Torian Prince. Rui's been pretty good. LeBron's respectable. If they can keep it where there's a bunch of shooters and a couple of ball handlers on, on the court, you're going to see the offense be more advanced. So, again, this is all theory and, all oh, this all sounds good. We'll see in practice what happens. Is AD go 0 for 3 from 3 and we're yelling at the TV saying, hey, stop shooting it. Get back in the, in the, in the paint. And we regress. Hey, that might happen too. You know, we're going to have to wait and see how things kind of work out. And, uh, you know, we, we don't have any sample size right now. But, yeah, I agree with most of your sentiments there about the, the keys to success for the Lakers there. I'll, I'll um, tell you one so, more thing. One more thing, though, I think is important is having Reeves and D'Lo for a full season, yeah. it can really help LeBron be less needed to create offensively. Because to me, after Solomon Hill fell on his ankle, these last two seasons, regular seasons, LeBron hasn't been the same defender with the same energy as he used to be with the Lakers in 2020 and 2021. And I'm not asking him to guard elite players, just his, his rotations at the rim, his communication, just his alertness on defense. I mean, yeah. LeBron and Kobe and Chris Paul, I'd say are the three players I've watched the most in my life. LeBron is number one at this point. I just know his game so well. He was my favorite player as a kid. 
one way to know if LeBron's engaged on defense is seeing how physical he is. If he's fouling, then that tells me that he's engaged. And yeah. I know that sounds funny, but I'm serious. When he picks up a couple, sometimes they don't even call it with him. But when sure. he gets a little handsy, you can see that LeBron's really engaged because LeBron actually has really good hands. Like you see when some guys try him in the post, like Jokic, for example, there were a couple of times he was slapping down and stripping the ball. Yeah. He takes so the challenge well, on. Yeah. When, right. he's, when he's engaged, so, he'll take the challenge. He's like, oh, you're coming at me? He's like, try right. it. Try you, it. You, you see the body language. So the excuse people gave or the reasoning people said that he wasn't playing defense the same way in these last two years besides the age, which I know Le that's not it because LeBron is, is super him. He's not the typical 37-year-old. But it, it's the offensive load that he was asked to carry or that he put up on himself to carry. Now he doesn't have to do that. So I would right. like to see him take the approach that he showed against the Warriors and against the Grizzlies, and at times against the Nuggets, he kind of couldn't anymore because D'Lo just wasn't providing anything. So I don't really blame LeBron for much he did it against the Nuggets. I think he was fine. He just ran, just couldn't close at the end, and AD couldn't either. But kind of like the Larry Bird approach. Like, you have the talent on your team. Let them rock for the first couple of quarters. Lock in on defense, do the little things, be a leader. And then when it comes to winning time in the fourth, LeBron still is the most reliable closer on this basketball team. So mm -hmm. that kind of, I think, can be the formula, especially against teams in the regular season, that the Lakers, if they have LeBron and AD on the court, are just better than, and they have that kind of room for, I wouldn't say error, but room for LeBron to not have to create everything offensively because they have two other guys, three other guys if you count um, Anthony Davis, and then four if you throw Gabe Vincent in there as a playmaker off the bench. So you have options that can take the ball out of LeBron's hands and make him conserve more for defense, if anything. Yeah, and I think that's what's changed the most with LeBron. LeBron, in his younger years, it was about how he made others better. And he, he does still make people better. But now the conversation is more about – it's flipped. It's like how can his supporting cast make him his life easier? You yeah. know, so that's where, that's where it's changed. Now, it's no longer how does he help the young guy. It's like, hey, how are the young guy's going to help him so he doesn't have to do as much, which is fine because, but, again, he's aged, and that, that's, been the, that's been the biggest change, I think, in his in – his, uh, his progression as a leader and as, as what the supporting cats needs to be for him to be successful. I think sometimes though you need, he is helping them though, by not being as yeah. like ball dominant because Reeves is and D'Lo are the type of guys. You're not going to want them to just be catch and shoot guys. You want them yeah. to work on a pick and roll. You want them to get their own looks like game one against Memphis is a good example. LeBron was totally chilling that second half. Reeves took over the game in pick and roll and his confidence exactly. was through the roof for the entire rest of the playoffs. You know, and he mentioned he mentioned that's what LeBron said. He well, that's what Reeves said that LeBron was telling them, "Go get it in that game." And like you said, that's the guidance, that's the leadership. The, your main guy saying, "Hey, no, do it," and then he did it, and it worked out well. Right, and I, I think one of the players I saw do that really well was during quarantine. I watched, um, and this is good that it's, we're doing this show talking about this, but I watched your championship with Magic, the first one against uh, the conference finals against Seattle, and in the finals against Philly. And Magic would go some halves, like first halves of games with like not even shooting the ball or anything, or just two shots. And he was letting Norm Nixon, Kareem, and all them work. And I thought it was because he just didn't have much offense in the half court. But then I saw in game six and five when Kareem went down that he was – he could have done it the whole time, but he exactly. was letting guys get more comfortable. And, and that's another way of leading, not necessarily directly feeding people points, but with guys that are capable of creating their own let them create their own. And I think that's one of the reasons why someone like DeAndre Ayton got annoyed in Phoenix because I think he believes you can give him the ball, dump it down to him for his bucket. It doesn't have to always be setting screens and feeding yeah. off Chris Paul's plate. So I think that's big time for the Lakers to have that kind of balance. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, so it's time. Everyone always asks, 
this is I, I love doing this tradition. It's a tradition like any other. I have my season prediction here. I predict, I don't just give you a number, I predict every single game. Now, oh. yeah, yeah, every single what game. Thing, I, what was your thing last season? You had the whole time 50 wins or something, and then it didn't hit, right? I missed it by one. Oh, um, I missed 40, it by one 40, game. 44 games, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I know I missed it by exactly one game. Yeah, uh, you, if you, they would have read the table, I would have had it up. You, you were 43 and 39. So I think the, the proposed record you had was 44 wins. Yeah, exactly. That was and, before um, the season with Russ was on your team still, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I make the predictions before – I make the predictions as late as possible because I want all the data possible. So I, I always make them before game one. And that's what I did. That's the number I came up with. I got some – okay, here's what it is. I had some people tell me, hey, you know what? So much change. This this record's not worth anything. I'm like, hey – I that's I can only make a decision based off of what happened. Like, you know, would you be saying that if I was way off? You would have said that. So I'm like, I try to take the win. Some people try to steal it from me because like, what well, if Russ would have stayed in the team, the record wouldn't have been that. I'm like, we don't know. That world doesn't exist. All I know is I called it and that's what I called. So <clears throat> I go through the whole thing and really uh, the science to it's pretty simple. I'm sure I'll get like a bunch of games wrong game by game. I think the number though, I think the number is going to be good. And just to give a quick little you know, the method to the madness. I have a couple of rules. One, I pretty much say any team that I think the Lakers are definitely better than, automatic win. Any team that I think they might be worse than, automatic loss. And my logic is that if I'm properly assessing that team's talent, I'll get plenty of games wrong, game by game, for sure. But holistically, that number is going to pan out because I have them ranked appropriately, you know, in, in the hierarchy of the NBA. And then I have a couple small rules. Like, for example, um, when they have back-to-backs, I make it, no matter who the two teams are, I make it an even split because usually you're not going to okay. lose both games or win both games. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'll even split. It doesn't even make a difference. Just pick one. They're going to lose one because LeBron and AD are going to rest and the other one they won't, whatever. One of the, Sometimes they'll lose the game where they were healthy. Sometimes they'll win the game where they rested. But either way, I think it's going to balance out. That's a couple things I do there to kind of try to figure it out. And I've been pretty successful. I've done it for three years. Last year, I missed it by one. Uh, the first Russ year, I was way off. <laughs> Even though I wasn't as high on him, I think I think I picked the Lakers to go like forty-two and forty, and they went like thirty-three or something. So I was way off. You and only the first 40, year, I was pretty close. You only picked forty-two wins when Vegas had you winning the West before the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you can pull that up on my YouTube as well. I didn't have them going that high. Um, With Russ, you, you, you weren't fond of the move. When I honestly assessed the team compared to where they were. Uh, with everyone else, I just that's just where I was. I yeah. I just didn't see uh, the Lakers as good. That that's when I that's when I got worried because I actually did the the experiment. I'm like, mm, I honestly, I'll tell you this, and obviously everyone else, like it's not a secret. I actually gave them a couple extra wins because when I did it, I'm like, this is kind of low. <laughs> I'm like, let me let me change a couple, and then I was like, I'm I'm still kind of low, and I'm like, uh oh, uh, that might not be a good sign. And obviously, as you know, it, it didn't work out. Well. I mean- Dude, if you guys get 65-plus games from Anthony Davis, like you're winning 50 games to me. Okay, so here we go. Here's what I got. What I have is the drum roll. Thank you. 53 and 29. That's what I have the Lakers going this year. 53 and 29. Um, and I think that's going to be good enough to get the two or three seed. Uh, for last year, that would be good enough for the one seed. I, I don't know who it'll be, but I think someone in the West is going to take the regular season so seriously. They're going to get to 58, 57, 55 wins. So I think that puts the Lakers at two or three instead of one. 
Um, so that's my take on the Lakers season 53 29. I'll do my I'll do my own video kind of breaking down month to month and all that. And of course, if you have any questions, I'll I'll answer it. And we're gonna predict this week as well. So I'll just go with my I'll go with I'll go with these predictions for this week. And after that, I'll probably go more like what we're actually seeing because we'll have I can change my mic. I'm like, oh, someone's injured. Well, they're not gonna win those games or whatever, or they're on a roll. We're gonna have to win these games. But 53 29, before you give me your number, what do you think about that number right now? 53. Totally fair. Okay. I actually think it's totally fair. At the end of the day, it all comes down to Anthony Davis and LeBron's health, mainly Anthony Davis. But 53 and 29 is pretty solid for your roster. I think it could be a little higher, not much higher, if LeBron and AD both have a 60-plus game season. But I don't see you guys getting like 50, as high as 59 wins. I think the max would be 58 wins, which is still a lot. Okay, so that's my number. Do you have a prediction for the Lakers? What do you think um, yeah. before the season starts? Where do you think they're going to end up at? I think you guys will be 50 and 32. 50 and 30. Okay. And and what do you think that's going to be uh, standings-wise? <laughs> if he wins in the West, what does that do? Sometimes that's really good. Sometimes that's really bad. <laughs> I'm going to go with number five. I think it's going to be a very close race, though, at the top. I think they're going to only be like one of those 2010 playoffs or something where it was like five games separating the first five or six seeds. I think it'll be it's going to be one of those seasons. I think the parity is going to be really strong. Um, but you know what? I would love if – because right now I have Phoenix predicted higher than the Lakers, but I don't think that in the playoffs, if you ask me who I think would win in a series, I'm going with the Lakers. So I think the Lakers are a better team than Phoenix. I just think that having three stars – is going to enable them to be a little better in the regular season. And Devin Booker, because he just missed 24 games, I feel like he's going to play 65-plus games this season. Like I have a strong feeling about it, and I think Booker is really, really, really good. But I think there's a good chance the Lakers could finish higher than Sac uh, Phoenix or Sacramento or the Clippers or wherever. But I think 50 wins, fifth seed is what I'm going to go with for now. Okay, yeah, so I'm at 53, 2 to 3 speed. I feel good with that. All right, so let's go. I'm going to have you lead the way with the Clippers. Season record prediction, you were you were down on them. You're a little higher. You're a little worried. You don't expect anything. But what if you had to expect the number, what number do you have for the, for the Clippers in their final season at, at Crypto? So it's definitely going to be higher than last season. Last season we were 44 and 38, and I do think our team is better. Um, How much better is the question? Now – the Lakers are being picked by just about everybody to finish higher. But as I said earlier, in the regular season, Kawhi and Paul George have not really missed that many more games than, than AD and LeBron as of last year. And I think just, just I, I kind of have to ride with my guys. The Lakers in the last 12 years have only finished higher than us once in the regular season in the last 12 years. And that was the year that you won the championship. So doesn't affect what I think could happen in the playoffs, but I'm going with 51 and 31. Just one game higher oh. than the Lakers seed, which would mean so it's definitely not going to happen, which would mean that the Clippers and the Lakers would finally get that hallway series in the first round, but it's just not going to happen. Like that, that's never going to happen. Everybody, can, actually, you know what? It could happen in the Intuit Dome, but I don't think it's going to happen in the Staples Center era where we share the stadium. Everyone's Laker fans have been begging for that for the awesome. in the playoffs, but. Well, see, for me, I wouldn't want to play Lakers in the playoffs for several reasons. One, 
because <laughs> the tickets would be outrageous. And two, oh, yeah. because we wouldn't really have a home court advantage like that. Whereas if we play Sacramento or if we play Minnesota or Denver, we have a full on home court. So that really matters for me as a Clipper fan that actually goes to games. But uh, yeah. yeah, this in my prediction, one game difference, it would be Clippers Lakers first round. Obviously, I don't want that to happen because I want both LA teams to like go far because when the both LA teams are in the second round, and especially when the Kings are also in the second round, that's the best time of LA sports. Like, <laughs> rocking. Yeah. Oh man, that would be if we get Lakers. Uh, that, that's that's also my argument for why you know it's not as much of a rivalry. Again, we've won more. Y'all yeah, haven't no regular season. Y'all beat us, but we we don't have high stakes game. That's high stakes right there. That's a, a you know a playoff yeah. series. The last the last it, it's a, it's almost like a, a, a novella there written. Their last hey. year they're gonna share it. They're gonna share it. They're gonna face right. each other off. Is it LeBron's last year as a Laker? Does he get closed out by the Clippers? Like it, it's it's all written. It's all written. Hey. Sign me up for it. That sounds it, awesome. In classic Clipper Laker fashion, we won what was advertised, and I believe it was maybe the most important Clipper Laker game of all time last year when it was the deep playoff run. Remember, I'm sorry, the deep in the regular season, who was going to make the plane, who's going to make the playoff that win we had against you guys when Russ had that great game that basically ensured that we would make the playoffs and you would be in the plan. But the Clippers still lost first round and got injured, and the Lakers made the conference finals. I mean. Some things never fucking change. Oh man, I shouldn't cuss. Some things never <laughs> change. But um, yeah. Where where do you see the Clippers landing? Obviously, I'm guessing lower than the Lakers, but how much lower? I think they're either gonna they're gonna be between again pending health. I think they're in the 45 to 50 range. So I don't have them that far. As high, I think as high as 50. The only way they're higher is if you tell me if you tell me right now. Oh, uh, Kawhi plays 68 games. And I'm like, okay, well that might change my number, right? But I don't think he yeah. will. Not even for major injury, right but just now. you know. Yeah, a week here, a week there, a hamstring that you know, minor stuff. Just like LeBron, just like eighty, just like Steph. If you if you actually Google all these guys, they're not playing eighty. They're playing like you know, if they're healthy, they're playing about you know that fifty-five, sixty. I would say I want them to play sixty-one. Give me sixty-one games. I think then we'll we'll reach our potential of what I think we'll be. Because again, some of that's maintenance, some of that's load management, some of that's just like it's a long season, man. Like you know, it's it's not it's not uncommon to roll an ankle and be like, you know what, I'm taking two weeks off so it doesn't get any more serious. I missed eight games there another seven here, you know, maybe I rest two games before all-star and it starts to add up like that. So you can still be relatively healthy and, and play around that 60 range. So I have them around there. I think 45, 50, anything higher than that. I think that means that they had supreme health. And like you said, took it seriously. That's like the best case scenario. If they get more yeah. than 50, that means they took it seriously. They were focused. They were locked in. They were healthy all year. They played hard. They got 53, 55 wins. But I think, I don't think that's going to happen all the way there, but I think 45, 50 is realistic. And that might put them, maybe the Lakers are a two, three seed and the Clippers are like a six seed. Maybe we do get that with those three, four, five game difference. Cause as you know, the West is always super tight. It's always just like, you know, the gap between two and seven is like three games. And you're like, this is madness. So we don't have to be that far off to still play each other. That that would be very, very fun. You know, it's um, funny we're, too. We're far away from that. The Lakers, um, the only, now after playing Memphis last year for the first time, the only Western Conference team that the Lakers have not played in the playoffs are the Clippers. Every single other team you guys have played but us. Yeah, Pretty I mean, a long history, right? 76 years, and they still – it just never happened. <laughs> well, it's only been in the same conference for – I don't know when they – I don't know off the top of my head when they moved from Buffalo to San Diego. But the point is, yeah, every single other team you played, you played the Sonics, you know, the Thunder, yeah. everyone but the Clips. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see. Well, maybe this year. We'll, we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. I'd like to see that. As long as everyone's healthy. I don't want to see it if like LeBron AD aren't there and you got Kawhi and PG. So everyone healthy. Or you know what? Take all the stars out. Let's just have it be <laughs> Russ versus D'Lo. Let's do it. You know? <laughs> I'm taking my chances there, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I would too. Yeah, because Russ would uh, yeah, Russ would love nothing more than to uh to beat the take the Lakers out. I'm I'm sure he'll he'll be his best version because he'd like that. All right, so this is a segment that now that we're in the season, we're going to do every single week. And that's looking at this week's slew of games. Now we're going to actually have games to talk about. And next week, we'll actually have real basketball to talk about instead of just all this theoretical stuff. So we'll start with the Lakers. We'll go. Actually, you know what? We're going to do it just like we did it before. We're going to go in chronological order. So it's going to be both teams just as they go. First game is tomorrow. So maybe when you by the time you listen to this pod, it's already happened or, you know, it's about to happen. The first game's Tuesday. Lakers versus Denver. In Denver, it's their ring night. You already know how they're going to act. It's going to be a, a, a show. Starts at 4.30. It's going to be on TNT. That's the first game for the Lakers on the road versus Denver on their ring night. For the Clippers, they play the very next day. They're playing Portland at 7.30, and they're going to be at home. So usually for people who don't know, they're almost never both at home. It's always kind of transferring over. That way, you know, the stadium's used. And sometimes there is like that, those Sunday games that happens. But a lot of times they're, they're in opposite markets, uh, you know, so that way you know, if you want to watch basketball in Los Angeles, you only kind of have one option. That's typically how I go, except for those like Sunday night games and stuff like that. All right. And then Thursday, we got Lakers versus Suns. Again, that's going to be at home. That's going to be a big game with KD and Book. If they're healthy, we'll see. And that's going to be at 7 p.m. Again, on TNT, Lakers will have the second game, second national game. Following that, Friday, we're back with the Clippers. They're going to be at Utah, 6.30 start. And then on Sunday, like I said, both teams playing, but one's at home, one's on the road. The Lakers are going to be at Sacramento, and the Clippers will be at San Antonio, the Wemby game. Oh, I'm here. definitely going to watch that one. Clippers, oh, we're, oh you're right. You're right. They're here. We're, we're on the road. So, yeah, Wemby will be here in L.A. playing the Clippers on Sunday at 6 p.m. And then the final game, because we have to see how our schedule is going to be, so it might be part of this slew. It might not be done by the time we record with the C, but Monday the Lakers play Orlando. Uh, here in Los Angeles, and that's going to be an NBA TV. So Lakers have three national televised games to start. The Clippers don't have any, but they have a couple of intriguing ones. All right, so uh, let's um, let's just kind of go quickly game by game. So Lakers-Denver. The Lakers have not won a season opening game throughout LeBron's tenure. They haven't won since, I think, 2016, a, re- a opening night game. So what's going to happen on, on Tuesday? I already have a feeling. I mean, I already got the prediction. So. I got the Nuggets winning, but I think it's going to be really Thank close. You. I think it's going to be really close. I don't think it's going to be like last year's opening game where the Lakers got blown out by Golden State (laughs) on ring night. I think this – I remember the vibes after that first game. Everybody was like, God, the Lakers suck. Like They're like, this team is awful. Not going to be anywhere close to that. I'm really interested to see the new signings of the Lakers. Christian Wood making his debut. He's never had these kind of eyeballs on him. So Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a very good game, but I got the Nuggets winning in about a five-point game. Yeah, I feel that's fair. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, normally I would actually give it to the Lakers, but Denver, they know they've been talking smack. And I know that and they're gonna, they're actually going to, a lot of times with your ring night, you kind of just chill. You're like, hey, we want our ring. And it's like, oh, yeah, we have a game. I think Denver's like, we we got it. We won. We got our ring. We beat these guys. We like that we beat them. Let's beat them again. And I think there's going to be, it's going to be a really good uh, first game. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Unfortunately, I think that Denver will win. If the Lakers win, you know, that that's going to be amazing. Because, like I said, it's been so many years. Uh, the next day, the Clippers, you know, they play Portland. Uh, how do you feel about opening night uh, for, for the Clippers there? Are they going to pull it off against a, a Portland team that's kind of on a rebuild? 
Yeah, super excited. I'm going to be in the building. I'm going to be debuting that new, that new fan section, only Clipper fan section, and first time ever they're doing that. So I'll be interested to see how it goes. We should win, though, right? I mean, it's going to be yeah. an, a big night for Scoot Henderson, DeAndre Ayton getting his first yeah. shot in L, you know, in Los Angeles. It's not a nationally televised game, but you know how certain players feel when they come to L.A., play the Staples Center, period. So yeah. DeAndre Ayton, it'll be a chance for him to show everybody – in his first game with Portland, what Phoenix was kind of sleeping on, but the Clippers should win. I'd be very disappointed if we don't come out with a win because the fact that we have Kawhi and Paul George healthy, like we got to take advantage of those games. You know what I mean? And we're zero, zero, like everybody else. It's not like Kawhi and Paul are healthy and they're coming back from two weeks out. Like they always are. It's like you're healthy from day one. And you know, you said LeBron has never won an opening game. Kawhi and Paul George have never started an opening game as Clippers together. I'm sorry, never started a home opener as Clippers together. Right, yeah. That's me. Yeah, because remember the first game AD played for the Lakers in Kawhi's debut? Paul George is out after the shoulder surgery. Second year, we played you guys on opening night. Paul and Kawhi played great, but our home opener, Paul George had a – I'm sorry, Kawhi had a facial injury against Denver on Christmas, so he didn't play. Then he tore his ACL, didn't play that year, and then last year came off the bench against Phoenix. So this is the first time they're starting. I got the Clippers in that one. Um, one real quick thing though, going back to the Lakers, I'm just interested to see how Ham combats the Murray Jokic pick and roll, pick and pop. Cause like 29 other teams have been trying to see how they can limit this goddamn thing. I yeah. just want to see what they go with and you know, schematically. Yeah, I know. Me too. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I don't know. It, it, it's yeah. It, it becomes a pick your poison and it doesn't seem to be too many good results there, but I'll be interested to see the changes they make after that. We have on Thursday again, Lakers versus Suns. Unfortunately, I got the Lakers losing this one too. I have them losing both games. I mean, if the Suns have everyone know. healthy, yeah, I have them losing both games. Um, I think Phoenix, Phoenix healthy, and even just KD, it's like it's gonna be tough. And again, you're still you're gonna be home, which is good. But I'm just if everyone plays for the Phoenix, I think Phoenix wins that one. Uh, you seem surprised. You you have the Lakers winning that that home game there? Yeah, I do. We we finally have KD playing LeBron after all these yes. years. Jesus. Uh, I think the Suns will beat the Warriors in their home opener on opening night. So that, by the way, yeah. so Suns Warriors directly after Lakers yeah, Nuggets. Back to back. You know, you West Coast people. Uh, I know most of the people listening to this are probably West Coast. Stay up, watch the game. I'm gonna be watching it. I'm gonna be live after that game. But I think the Suns are gonna win that game. They're gonna lose to the Lakers home opener. I think the Lakers fans are gonna be pumped. I think the Lakers are gonna win that. Go one and one. Okay, Clippers, Utah. I'm going to say it right now. I don't like Utah, so I'm actually pulling for the Clippers because <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I just find Utah annoying. We don't even have to get into all that. So right. I definitely think Clippers take care of, of Utah in Utah. How do you feel about, about that matchup? Are you guys going to start 2-0 then? Dangerous game because you know Utah's a really tough place to play no matter who they have on the roster. And in the beginning of the season, they won't be in tank mode just yet. So you'll probably get Larry Market and Walker Kessler, all those guys playing hard. But let me tell you something. And I'm trying not to look too far at the Clippers schedule because last year at this time, I saw our first 10 games and I was like, easy schedule. We should go eight and two minimum. And Kawhi got hurt and Paul George was unserious and Ty Lue was playing three guards at once. It was just a disaster. But you talked about the Clippers not having as many nationally televised games. Our first four games are not on national television. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time when we had Kawhi Leonard that that was the case. I don't think it's ever been the case. Lakers, because they're the Lakers, have a really tough schedule to start the season because you're playing in these marquee matchups for NBA Premier Week. The fact that yeah. the Clippers are so under the radar has given us the ability to start 2-0. and And I know that sounds like nothing, 2-0, and but 
vibes, man, momentum. Like that's yeah. all you need sometimes to build something in the regular season. And I think we need to win these first two games against Portland and Utah. And then that takes us into the next game, right? Do Lakers play the third game first or do we play San Antonio next? Ooh, it's actually it's actually at the same time. <laughs> There's 6 p.m. West Coast time for both of them. Lakers will be at Sacramento, and like you said, they'll be it'll be a uh, uh, Clippers Spurs, um, you know, here in LA. You guys got like arguably the three best regular season teams in the West this season that people are predicting to play first. Like, oh my god, this is just tough. a mom and pop organization yeah. trying to make ends meet, and they got us up here. You know, yeah. Oh, what, what? I wish it was like Premier League. Like, why can't we play Chicago? You know, just give us a great win, <laughs> a dominant opening night where we look like the best team in the league. No, we got to be ring night this and uh, new addition that super team that we're lucky that the Dame trade happened so late. I promise you. Giannis and Dane would have we would have been in Milwaukee for that <laughs> that first game. I promise you. So yeah, it, it's tough, it, and that, that's why I think they'll they'll have some losses there. Uh, what do I have for that one? I do have them beating Sacramento, thankfully. So I think they'll get that one again. I don't think they're gonna lose all three. They're just too good of a team. Uh, somewhere along the lines, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna crack through one, whether that's in Denver, Phoenix, or uh, Sacramento. And I think Sacramento they're they're a really good team obviously we've seen how good they've been but i think the lakers will pull that one out even on the road i, I don't want to see that being lit so i don't think it's gonna get lit on sunday night how about you i'm going with the kings by two points it's gonna be a really close Ooh. game i'm going with the kings i just think that they're so tough to play on the road um, they are. and they're just fast like if there's one team that might be able to cause the lakers a bit of problems they play so fast i think sacramento might but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Kings. But obviously, it's a 50-50 game. These first three games of the Lakers are gonna be really good basketball. If LeBron and AD playing those games. That's gonna be really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, it will be. And then San Antonio. Obviously, everyone's going nuts for Wemby. I'm already seeing pop culture references on Wemby and everything. So I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch that game yeah. after. Is that a pun? Pop culture references? <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I should do that. <laughs> that's a girl's that an accident. So, um, what do you think about that one? I still think I have the Clippers winning because. Even though Wemby's great, he's very young and it's still very new, and he hasn't been challenged. I think I think the physicality is still going to be an issue for him. But are you guys winning that that Sunday Sunday night game? I'm gonna be in the building again. The oohs and the ahs are gonna be are gonna be crazy on every Wemby touch. You know how LA loves the hype, guys. But I'm I'm talking Coach Carter style. We undefeated. We got to <laughs> oh be three and zero. Come on, this schedule is made for us to go three and zero. No back to backs yet, right? So nope. we Wednesday, should- Friday, Sunday. We should win those games, man. We really should. Three and zero. So you'll be three and zero when you come back. Oh, wow. Yeah, three and zero. That's how I'm feeling. Okay, I got. I got Monday. Monday, the one that's the one that we don't know if, if they'll they'll happen or not. For me, for that one, I have. Well, actually, I'll just go with what I have. I got them winning that one. So I think again, Orlando, the weaker team. I think I think the Lakers take care of that. How about you? Yeah, Magic. Yep, 7.30. Again, NBA TV, so it's national, even though it's not as big as as, uh, TNT. Wait, so we should talk about this, though. Is that a back-to-back for the Lakers? Do you guys play both your stars? Because you got Sacramento the night before. That's a tough game, but it's not much travel. No, it's not, because you're coming back down. I think that's the rare one where they get both wins. But it's rare. Are they both playing the backpacks? Do you think they go load management, sit one of them? It's early. It's too early for that, right? Yeah, I think they're gonna go. They're gonna play, and I think I think you'll hear them say the right things. Like AD is gonna be like, "I'm super focused. This isn't last year," and say, "Hey, you know what? Let's just let's just go with play everybody for now." 
Um, so yeah, I think they actually do play everybody, and it, you won't see any any um, any funny business for that one. All right, uh, especially because they're both late. Yeah, especially because they're both late games, 6 p.m., 7.30 p.m. If, if one of them was like the Sunday matinee or something something like that, I think you might have seen something. But I, I think if, if they don't have any hiccups during these first couple games, um, I think you're going to see everybody for that first week here. I'm going Lakers. Yeah, me too. All right, so Lakers. So Lakers are going to – I have the Lakers going 2-2, uh, and two, and you have the Clippers going 3-0. and oh. See, you, you say you're pessimistic, but undefeated start to the season, you know, and I'm the one saying we're 500. Yeah, but look, that's only because of the difference in opponent. You guys are playing like sure. teams that have a chance to go second round and deeper. We're playing against teams that aren't even expected to make the plan. So, yeah, fair, fair. Okay, cool. So let's wrap it up there. Great episode one there. Really excited to see how those takes go, what happens and what develops. You know, we, we I don't know what our next, what the what the, the storylines are going to be, but we're going to have some based on those games. How does how do the Clippers defend Webby? How do the Lakers do on opening night? Where are things at? Now the ball's getting rolling. I'm, I'm excited. It's like, you know, it's like uh it's like basketball eve, you know, it's like the, the presents are going to open tomorrow. So I can't wait. It's been it's been a minute since we've had NBA basketball. So I'm looking forward to it. Let me uh ask, you know, you got to tell the people what uh, kind of content you're coming out with this week, you know, before the next episode of Basketball and Figueroa. Okay, Ooh, a lot of stuff. So I'm doing the recaps on the road for the Lakers. So I'm reca recapping every game on Silver Screen and Roll. I'm also doing news articles on Silver Screen and Roll. I also have an announcement about Silver Screen and Roll. I'm not going to say it now because I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but I'll tell you offline and uh, the people will, will know that. So, yeah, this is going to be my definitely my busiest season for sure. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm not going to say anything else more than that, but I have those things. And I also have a video kind of breaking down this 53 and 29 and kind of how it works. Uh, so I'll be doing that. Um, that should be up tomorrow as well. So yeah, by the end of tomorrow, all shall be revealed, and I can't wait. It's going to be a great season of, of Lakers coverage. How about yourself? What do you, what else are you doing besides uh, the work we're doing here on Basketball Figueroa and attending those Clipper games uh, this coming week? So obviously, Locked On Clippers and the Locked On Podcast Network five days a week, every single Monday through Friday. You can find something for the Clippers that I'm making, but on Dime Dropper. We live, baby. After the Laker game. I'm sorry, not after the Laker game. After the Warriors game. So I'll talk about the Lakers first, of course. LA Channel. We'll be live on Tuesday night for the first time of the season. Wednesday, I'll be at the game. So I'll have a vlog posted for Thursday. I got a new phone, too. So it's going to be great. I got nice. lava. I got some lavalier microphones to interview fans. So that's something I'm going to really incorporate this year. And then on Thursday night, also going to be live after Lakers and Suns. And then Friday night, most likely live after Clippers Jazz. So we're back with the lives, post-game recaps. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a great season. So, all right, we'll talk next week. We'll see where everyone's standing. And once again, this is Basketball on Figueroa. Yep, make sure you guys hit the comment section. Make sure you guys hit the comment section and let us know what you think of the episodes. It's a new show. We want to hear the feedback. want to hear your guys' thoughts, anything you want us to do better, uh, anything you guys love, want us to reincorporate, all that. Please give us all your feedback in the comments on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to our channels. All right. Sounds good. Till next week. We out.